So, Andy, answer this question. What are the top three things you prioritize when you're job hunting? Hmm, I'd have to say the salary if I get along with my possible future boss. And I wanted to say, like, the opportunity for growth. Mm-hmm. But then I realized more than just the opportunity for growth is if I like the state that the company is in and I feel like I can do the job description well. you want Mm -hmm. a job that sets you up to succeed yeah like i don't get i don't get people who work in real estate for example like i can't sell stuff (laughs) i don't like i think i think it's tied to the feeling of like not wanting to feel like i'm asking for money but marketing isn't that far from that either and i guess it's more of like even though i'm interested in properties i like browsing through condominiums i can't afford through beach properties i can't afford but I don't like it enough to sell it. And as compared to all my previous jobs, it's been focused on like metrics. It's been focused on food. I like food. Like I love talking about food. Yeah. And and I like tech. Like that's why I work in food-related digital products. Because I feel like otherwise, like I had an interview for um a publication, and I forget what the job role was called, like the role itself. But I remember like one aspect of it was handling the food publication, which I was super down for. And then another was like handling the fashion part of it. And I was just thinking, I'm not a fashion girl. That's not me. That's going to be so difficult for me. And I think that's what put me off. And mm-hmm. um, I think it was during like the last exercise that they sent me, which I sur- I'm surprised that I got because I assumed that I wouldn't go that far into the interview process. It's just like, uh, this, is, this isn't for me. Oh. Yeah, that's... That's, I guess, what made me like want to look for other opportunities other than that. If I like the job slash company, the place it's in, boss, salary. What about you? That's interesting. So it's like industry matters to you somehow because you don't think you're setting yourself up for success. If it's in an industry, you don't Ish? really buy yes. with. Like, I'm, I'm tied to tech. Like, for sure, I think I'll stay in tech for a while. If I don't stay in tech, I'll move to F&B. Yeah. I don't think I'll go to like MNCs, FMCG, stuff like that. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to stray very, very far from tech. That makes sense. Or logistics-ish. Logistics I'm open Mm -hmm. to. Yeah. I think for me, what I prioritize, and I'm saying this at this age, at this time, Mm -hmm. uh, independent of the Mm -hmm. pandemic, I look for opportunity to grow and learn. So my ideal job would be probably be a little bit more difficult than what I know I can do, which I know sounds weird because people are going to be all, why are you purposely putting yourself in a difficult position? I just think that while I'm young, mm. I want to maximize the energy that I have oh, I to, to really push yeah. myself as far as I can go. And then boss is very important to me because mentorship is something that I've grown to value a lot. Before, Mm -hmm. I thought it was super hokey. I would equate a mentor 
with a sponsor, which you know doesn't really sit well with you if you think about it. Like you have a sponsor. What do you mean? Wait, wait, wait! I want, I, I want to understand that. Usually, when you think of a mentorship, you can think of it in one of two ways. One is you do have somebody who guides you, uh, helps you make those important decisions. The other one, especially if you're if you're in the same circles or in the same industry. A mentor could actually be somebody who would act like your sponsor, meaning they would actively vouch for you, connect you with the right opportunities. So, like a reference. It's like a reference. Like, if they ask you for, who is your reference when you're applying for a job? Yeah, exactly. And I used to think of mentorship as just being that, that aspect. Not okay. that it's actually both. That's why I was kind of uh, about it at the at the start, and then I grew to understand it better and saw how beneficial it is to have one because we all, especially as young people, like to think we know the answers to everything. Newsflash: we don't. We, don't. we really don't. And I think it's so important to have that external opinion, even though sometimes we're just kind of meh mm-hmm. about getting feedback. So that's the second thing a boss slash mentor. And then the third is the culture of the company, meaning what they value, how they treat everybody, especially how they view work in the context of a person's life. Oh yeah, I get that. said about um mentors as a source of yeah. feedback i guess and us being generally me or us thinking that we know shit i'm very paranoid and i realized that my learning curve is real so when people like during interviews when i'm asked what's your um like why shouldn't we hire you what's your <laughs> weakness lol um, I usually say, oh, I have a learning curve. And by that, I mean that if it's an unfamiliar tool, with tool to me, like I don't understand um certain CRM tools because it's different from what I used before, things like that. I'd be like, yeah, um, it takes a while for me to get comfortable. And I'm really, I think this is really tied to um, the talk that we had like a few months back when we were having yeah. TED Talks, <laughs> lol. So context for everyone listening, I wanted to learn about Agile because I was being petty, yeah? Anyway, so I was asking around like, yo, who can teach me about Agile? Agile is like a project management. How do you define it? A project management method? Not really. It's more of a philo- It's more of a philosophy than it is an actual method because you don't follow it in a linear fashion. It's just principles to guide how you would run a project. A philosophy then. A philosophy. And I wanted to understand it. So Lily volunteered to teach us. Well, to teach me, which became like a teaching the whole friend group sitch, which became like an every other Sunday, let's talk about things that we do for work in a digestible way. I'm a firm believer that if you want people to understand what you're doing, may it be in the academia, may it be in your job, may it be in anything really, like more so with government giving guidelines it should be in words that people can understand in the first place so that's what was happening so one of your points during the bed talk was more of like you have to learn the rules before you break them and i that resonated with me so much i was like that's why i have a learning curve because i don't like i don't like hitting the ground running i'm like let's dip my toes first is the ground hot enough 
is it too cold? And are does my footwear correct? She a modern day Goldilocks. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, once like I'm comfortable in my shoes and in like the ground, I have taken a walk. That's when I can start running. So it's just interesting to hear that you're like me. While me on the other uh, other hand, I'm very like, oh, is this correct? Like I need a lot of affirmation when I start new things, just because I'm scared. I'm I'm a scared person. Oh, I think it's fair, right? There there are mm-hmm. two kinds of people, so they're all True. they're listening to both perspectives. <laughs> from two Geminis wait I think this ties up to like our MBTI I'm the turbulent you're the other one the A yeah assertive assertive which says a lot about me true but it's funny also cause I think I'm an I'm not an assertive no I'm not an assertive person never mind I'm a frank person but I'm not like a pushy person unless I'm super sure of it your priorities of like what you look for in a job changed as compared to when you were a fresh grad? Yes. How so? Because, so I went to engineering school. It's five years, one year more than the standard number of years in education mm-hmm. in college here in this country. And I think up until my third year, I didn't even have top three priorities. It was really like, I'm just going to do what everybody else does after university. I'll probably apply to the same companies that everybody I know is applying to because it was safe and it was sure. And a lot of it was tied to the fact that I think I didn't have that much confidence in my abilities. That's surprising to hear, but okay. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I was confident to a degree, but I think it kind of just escalated around my fifth year because by your fourth year you already know everything there is to know actually about your about your field from an undergrad perspective and your fifth year is really just fortifying that in practice and that's kind of helped emphasize that y'all actually know what you're doing so don't worry about it and that's what helped me become more discerning and helped me actually decide that these are the priorities that I'm going to have. Also, I used to be part of the Wait, um, right. career assistance. Yeah, I was like the career assistance program in my college. I've been part of it for three years. So since my third year. So when I entered, I was like totally green. I didn't know anything about what to look for, what to prioritize besides knowing where to go and just deciding, pass, fail, do I like the job? If I like it, I'll apply for it. If I don't, then I won't. And then just being around that kind of environment for so long, it helps you see what other people look for when they're looking for jobs. And that's an advantage that I think was a really important takeaway from university. It's funny that you say that like, oh, the fifth year for you solidified the foundation that, yeah, I got this. I think my fourth year, I was just like, I just want a job. I don't know what yet. And to be fair, when I think about like my job history, it's typical for me to, for people to say like, yeah, I just applied on LinkedIn. I applied like over the internet. Like no one really gives a handwritten resume anymore. To be fair, I don't think I've encountered handwritten resume before. Is that a thing? I've never seen I think one. it's a very American slash Western 
concept that they're like, oh, just walk into a store, like, give your CV, which I've never heard of, primarily because, like, at least here, I don't think it's ever been a thing. It's funny to me when I think about it that a lot of the jobs I've had were found on social media, not just, like, LinkedIn. My internships in university, I found it through Twitter, lol. Um, My first job I found through Facebook, and that was through, like, my marketing professor in uni, and then... It was my second job that I found through LinkedIn. And then my current job, I'm pretty sure I found it through Facebook as well. And it was through like the, what's it called? Jobs and internships group of my university. And I guess now that I'm on like job number three, I'm still 25. Well, you'll, I'll be 26 when you listen to this. I don't know. Like, I guess this conversation and this topic really came into our lives because I was thinking of... um how my priorities changed as compared to when I first graduated and now, more so since I just landed a new job. It was after Mm -hmm. my first job. I mean, in the middle of me, like, wanting... Like, during the start of my quarter-life crisis, basically, and me wanting to, like, look for another job that I realized that, yeah, a boss, a mentor is really important. I quit my first job not because of my boss then. Like, he's a great guy. He's wonderful. I had lunch with him in London when I was there. Um, it was re- He's probably listening to this. I, oh, no. Hi, Mike. <laughs> but <laughs> um, it, it really wasn't because of him. I didn't see myself growing there. And he knows this. He was the one who initiated or planted the seed of like, is this a quarter life crisis thing? And I'm like, yeah, Mike is. And <laughs> it was a, like, what? A three-year quarter life crisis? Two, two and a half, I don't know. Anyway, and that's when I realized, like, yeah, like a boss is really, a good boss is really important. And I'm lucky to have had that during my internship, with my job with him, with my second job. And I think with my job now, like, I'm pretty, I think I've made up my mind that I do like my current boss as well. So the boss thing that's isn't nice. right. Like, I, I feel like I'm so lucky in that aspect because yeah i was thinking that yeah there's research that really backs that the biggest reason why people would quit their jobs is because of their bosses and for me thankfully that was never the case if that that were then i would have gone from those jobs faster it was really just more of me looking for room for growth for myself and i guess also like beyond just my little bubble it's also because of the conversation that's happening in the philippines now about a fresh graduate um, <laughs> turning down what the thirty-seven thousand starting salary because they d- thought that they deserved sixty thousand. So just to convert that thirty-seven thousand is like what seven hundred US dollars? It's like a little under eight hundred dollars. Yeah, and then a little over five. Is it? Oh, a little over six hundred euros. Yeah, which is like a big thing. Like personally, like my take on this whole thing is that if she thinks she deserves 60k then go get it girl i hate the part of the argument that's like oh i settled for like 15 or 20k when i started working good for you for like being able to live on that amount Mm -hmm. but there's also research that proves that the what's it called the cost of living in manila is around 50k that's like what a thousand us dollars yeah um i want to say that's under 900 euros why would you want other people to suffer as well? Like, if we can get higher pay for everyone, considering that the cost of living is going up, but the salaries aren't, then why wouldn't you want that? Exactly. It doesn't make sense to me. 
generally speaking, you know, your salary should be able to mirror the cost of living in the city mm-hmm. where you work, especially. And you were right about the thing. Uh, Manila is a really expensive city. They recently released like a real estate report. It's the second most expensive city to live in Southeast Asia after Singapore. Of course, Singapore is like eons in number one. But just the fact that you go mm-hmm. into number two says a lot. So mm-hmm. that's one side of the argument. I think the only thing I found somewhat problematic about it is that she tried to justify the salary based on where she studied. I think that's the Mm. only thing I found off-putting about it. I didn't think it was like very audacious of her to ask for it because I don't know, if you have the confidence to ask for what you want, go ahead and ask for it. And then if you're the one being asked, understand that, you know, they just want to ask, you can say no. And if you're the one asking... Then if they reject you, don't be petty about it. At least you ask, right? If you ask, prepare to get rejected. Yeah, that's true. Otherwise, don't ask if you're afraid of that. So that's the only thing I found problematic about it. Using the school's justification when in reality, uh, as working girls do know, (laughs) if you try to negotiate a salary or any sort of compensation for your work, you need to back True. it up it's not just with work yes. ethic experience. A lot of it will speak louder than your diploma. That's true. Some people don't even have a diploma but work so hard and know what to do and just get off on street smarts and being practical. It says a lot. True. Very, very true. But to be fair to her, apparently more digging not on my end from people of the internet no no, i'm very curious as someone coming from the same same university as this girl there is a need to defend myself and like people from our like circle yeah but at the same time she was invited for the interview and apparently she impressed like some big shot in um Mm. oh big shot sounded so negative but it wasn't meant to be negative sounding like one of their vps in europe or something like that a plus communication skills culture fit um, mm-hmm. internships abroad, you're right, I agree with you completely that if it's just backed by the school, that's all, like, why? <laughs> like, you could have used the internships card, you could have used, like, all the extracurriculars card, but just not the school card, I guess. And I think I acknowledge also the fact that mm-hmm. the diploma, and I have benefited from this, I will not be afraid to admit it, that it can get you, like, through the door, it can get you an interview but your diploma isn't enough to land you the job, considering that I've applied to like multiple jobs in 2020 just to get over my fear of rejection. That is a testament to that. It's not it, sis. <laughs> it's not all that. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And it's funny. Not funny. Interesting, I guess. Lol. I matched with a guy in Austria, like on Tinder Passport, and he works for like their labor union. And I brought this up with him. I was like, oh, yo, listen to this. I need, I want your thoughts on this because he has very strong opinions on like labor, of course, and he's in law school. Anyway, so he was saying that, that props to her for being able to ask more. I think, I think it was on Twitter that I saw something like, we have to acknowledge the privilege of being able to resign. Yes. Like, to quit our jobs. More so with the context. And I think another side to that is also acknowledging the privilege to be able to turn down a job. Agreed, agreed. And he was saying something like, um, this is the 
he started going on about capitalism and how more people with more money have power, stuff like that, blah, 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 blah. And then we got into the topic of the universal basic salary, which I'm admittedly not the most well-versed with, but, and I guess I agree with more of, like, if people don't have to work to literally live, like, just the basic, basics, like, fulfilling your physiological needs of having a house, having food, having a livable wage. Yes. We wouldn't have to succumb to giving people who have money more money. That's true. Yeah. And... Going back to our little bubble, it's something that I've been thinking about because I usually joke that, oh, I'm like a capitalist slave because I have expensive taste and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. But really, when I think about it, it's more of, yeah, I just have to keep up with like the expenses of Manila because even though I say I have expensive taste, I would never really buy stuff for myself. Like, first of all, I won't be able to afford it. There are other things that would make more sense to invest my money in. And second, like... uh, I don't know. It's just maybe I'm just not on that level of like financial groundedness. I have not reached my full capitalist. I'm kidding. No. Like being financially uh, confident. Is that a better word? Yes. Or like it's not there. I don't think my money should be going there. I'm not in that mindset. More on the confidence. It's more of like the mindset. Yes. That like, oh, I should put it there. And because, let's be real, unless, like, we all have to do some sort of work to earn money and a job is at the very least. Like, as much as we would want it to be like, oh, I want to work for something I super, super duper love and you gotta love your job, whatever. Uh, For a lot of people, more so in the Philippines because of (laughs) the poverty rates and all that, working is a means to live. I agree. And And I say live not in the... Not in the experience travel, but as survive. Technique. Yes, to survive. And and you see it a lot today when they do lockdown restrictions and such, and the ones who suffer the most are those who are no work, no pay. Mm-hmm. And I hate to say that that is actually a thing. Yeah, that there is a no work, no pay thing going on, which is unfortunate, right? So. It really makes you think when those discussions come up because like one side is all, yay, uh, ask for it if you want to ask for it. We also shouldn't shame people for asking for what they want because that's that's just how they are. Mm-mm. And that's a fact of life. But alternatively, another fact of life is there are people who are forced to what we judge as settling because it's what they have. It's all they have to work with. And for them... Having that is better than having nothing. Mm-mm. For me, my main takeaway from all of that is let's just not judge people for the choices they make. True. I mean, not judge, but also acknowledge the fact that this is a systematic problem. Yes, it really is. That we need to keep up. Like, if the average salary is at, like, what, 18? 20? Yeah. And then living here is, like, 50? That's not how yeah why are we okay with this why are we settling this with this why are we attacking girl for wanting 60k when we should be attacking the system that doesn't allow everyone to like earn at least 50k to like be able to afford living here where the jobs are going back to 60k girl like personally when i started working i was not near 60k i think i was earning fine for a fresh grad but nowhere near 
parts of the game. Now, we're in year 37, actually. Mm-hmm. But uh, I don't know. For me, like just because I didn't have that, that, why should that stop me from encouraging her to get it or encouraging other people? Like Again, it goes yeah. back to that whole thing of like, why would you want everyone to suffer just because you suffered? I think this is a common mindset in med school in particular. I don't know about law school. Like, I don't think I've heard enough from our friends in law school. But in med school, it's something that I hear that they're like, oh, because this was like how we learned to be doctors back in the day. Like, this is how you should learn also. And I'm like, sis, this isn't efficient. Like, why would you want to make this so hard for everyone? It doesn't make sense to me. It's just sad. It's sad that there's this mindset. Like, this mentality exists here. I wish there were more people who wanted to fight for this or not no no no, let me correct myself there are people who want to fight for it they they just get red red tagged i wish we lived in a system or like i wish that the government or the people in power to make these changes would would actually implement these changes because no one needs that much money in reality i don't know do they not have a conscience i guess it makes you think. It, it does. Mm-hmm. And back to your point about does anybody need that much money? It actually made me remember a conversation. I think somewhat related to this as well. When we talked about earning money throughout your lifetime, mm-hmm. where the value of money in your life actually diminishes the more money you make. Because, for example, if you're earning money to survive, it makes a profound difference in your life. AKA, without it, I would be dead. I would have no life, mm-hmm. literally. Mm-hmm. So the val- the incremental value is really large. And then as you earn more money, it doesn't really add more incremental value because you're, number one, already alive, which is so great and should be the default for everybody. But if you buy more things, it doesn't make you more alive. True. I mean, that's where the, what's it called, the law of diminishing returns comes into play. Yeah, exactly. That's why it's a thing. And you know, usually the ones who have amassed a lot of money. I don't know, they're not, it's like they're not really people. <laughs> but moving from the money topic, like going yeah. back to our careers. Because yours, like yours doesn't include the money factor, mine does. And I think for me in particular, it's because um, personally, like, I want to die at 40. <laughs> I have said this before. On the assumption that we live until 100, which I don't really want to do, like I want to die at 40, but we'll get to that some other day. <laughs> Wanna die at 40 and my priorities are basically just like ensuring that my mom is pretty settled in with retirement. Um I wanna ensure that if I have little god 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 children. Yes, god children. <laughs> yes. I look for the English word for that. Like if I had little god children that they would be okay, they would be comfortable as well. Yeah. And I guess more of like putting the 40 thing, like the 40 timeline in my life makes me want to work harder, not just to earn more money for my mom, but also to like make sure that I do make a difference by the time I die. This is a timeline that allows me to really think about like the limits of my career. I don't think 
I want to be like uh, CMO or CEO. But the 15 years from now until 40 does allow me to think about like um, what changes would I like to see or like what are the mm-hmm. steps that I would wa- have to take to start establishing these changes. I think yeah. um, part of my career plan is to take my master's. I want to take my master's abroad and I would need a scholarship for that because that's expensive and that goes back to the money thing. Like if I just had enough money to afford that, I wouldn't need a scholarship in the first place and I could like fast track that whole thing about um, wanting to bring whatever knowledge from the Western countries I can back here because how else can we expect like the Philippines to improve if we don't take notes from countries that are actually doing better? And it's not to say it's to whitewash us, but it's more of to take note on that and then localize that knowledge as well. Like they they must be doing something right, and maybe we can do something mm-hmm. right here too. I am considering possibly working for the government. Like there is a department that I, I think I might be a good fit to because <laughs> it's directly related to like my undergrad and I think it might be related to like the master's program that I would want mm-hmm. to take when I graduated from university I never really thought this far into it and it's just been like what four years and this is already how I'm thinking like 40 I think I don't think I even thought past 30 four years ago from 4 to 40 real quick yeah it's like huh I guess that's where I'm at. I know we talked about like not making a lot of plans for year 26, but I guess this is a more career-focused idea because I feel like that is something that we have more control over as compared to like a pandemic. (laughs) I still stand by my philosophy of while I'm young, I don't, I do not have a goal to die by forty. By the way, just <laughs> putting it out there. So while I'm young and have the energy, I want to be able to learn and do as much as I possibly can. I remember my boss telling me during one of our discussions. He said, "This thing that you're doing, it doesn't actually land on people's laps until they're like." four or five years into the job and by mm. at that time I was two years into the job which sounds a little bit extreme but okay. is exactly the kind of thing I'm looking for because when I think of the passage of time I want to front load everything so I have mm. more time in the future to spend yeah. on being able to reapply that in places where it matters so like one of the things I always wanted to do eventually if I am good enough was to consult for a small micro medium enterprises msmes that's one that's something i want to do because it's such a thing Mm -hmm. here in the philippines msmes you want to see people like them succeed and not all of them can even afford having somebody to guide them through that transition from maybe micro to small small to medium or even being able to run it in its current state that's something i want to do and it's something i'm personally passionate about and when it comes to that time, I actually want to be in a place where I am comfortable in terms of knowledge and what I can contribute, but also financially, not rich, but not trying to survive. Mm-hmm. Comfortable. So, yeah, just comfortable. 
and yeah that's 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 where i'm at in terms of where i want to eventually take my career which i acknowledge is actually quite a privilege that i can say i want to do all these things regardless of the cost or how much i may or may not earn Mm -mm. but also personally it's not that important to me also because i don't plan to die by 40 so you know i have more time (laughs) i hate you what what because i could achieve that dream when i'm 40 but by then you'd be gone (laughs) (laughs) no okay i like my dying by 40 idea it's fine I, it's not for everyone i love how likely we take this no but it's i acknowledge that like the dying by 40 thing isn't for everyone lol of course not like of course some not. People wanna, yeah because some people want to build families and stuff like that's not up my alley <laughs> what you were saying reminded me so much of like my grad school application essays is this I just thought of this now, but is this really just a uh, please sponsor Andy's Masters Abroad podcast? <laughs> Help. I wrote that um, the reason why I wanted to study abroad other than the whole bring back that knowledge thing was to really empower Filipinas to make their ideas come to life. And not just to make their ideas come to life, but also um, communicate said ideas well to the people. You can bring so much Western influences here. I think, was it Shake Shack or was it In and Out? One of the burger, like, joints. The ones that the actually US. opened here is Shake Shack. No, 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 no. But I mean, like, there was, I'm, pre- I'm trying to remember which brand it was that was brought here and then it disappeared for a bit. And I don't know if it's Shake Shack because they can, came back or, like, if it's some other brand. But there are good ideas coming from here i think it's just the execution that's a problem which is something i think you will be able to solve hopefully and then the communication for that is a problem that i would solve other than just focusing on msmes it's also like a government thing like i the pandemic response is a very good example of this like people don't understand what the difference like what the difference is between like the quarantine classifications what is an ECQ an MECQ or GCQ whatever like you're not making this information digestible another thing is I guess with how people in general like the information that people are given and that ties back to that whole um bit earlier about how can you expect people to know and to understand if it's not in the words in the language that they can comprehend your like, the reason why I want to make this, like, the reason why I want to take master's in the first place, and that is part of my career plan, is so that um, everyone just understands each other better, I guess. It's a very simple way to put it. I, I feel like you just shared your master's essay, so if anyone's listening and is... They can see my achieving essay. I cried when I submitted it. <laughs> Lol. Why? I didn't get it. Because for me, like, when I graduated from uni i never really thought of like i never thought this far and i feel like if i considered like if i actually took into consideration not just a vague idea of i want to take my master's one day i just don't know when if i actually consider that oh i want to take my master's abroad one day and with a scholarship because that that's expensive 
um i feel like i would have worked hard in school because i feel i feel like a big blocker right now are my grades not to say that i was a bad student i think i was like a b student but a b student isn't necessarily gonna secure the spot as easily without like the latin honors and stuff like that and then um also i would have considered like actually getting to know my professors better because it's so hard like because i'm 25 and because i'm just like four years out of college they still expect me to ask for recommendation letters from university professors and Mm. not all of them will remember me more so like the classes that i did well in um either the professors were chill about it meaning that they had like 20,000 other students and I'm just one in the bunch and it is a manageable class they get an A in or it was unrelated to my major. Like, I aced all but one of my theology classes. I'm not even religious. So, but yeah. And I'm pretty sure the master's was not for theology. It's not for theology. So, not to shame anyone who's taking a master's in theology. I'm just saying it's not for me. Let's be real, guys. Are you ever truly, really in the present? I don't think so. True. Right? You're thinking of what to order next. You're thinking of what to buy on Shopee next. Yeah, and sometimes when you're thinking of what to buy on Shopee, you're like, oh, can I afford it right now? Also, if I can't, when will I be able to? And if I'm not able to, what am I going to do to be able to afford it? Small decisions like that is really a lot Mm -hmm. tied to how we envision ourselves to be in the future. Even though it's not very clear, it's like you have a vague, fuzzy idea. I imagine it to be what I would see from afar. I am nearsighted, by the way. If I wasn't wearing glasses, it doesn't mean I can't see it. I just can't see it very well. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to see how this changes. Maybe next week, next month, at the end of this year's review cycle in our jobs. At 40. At 40. Before I die. At 39. <laughs> at 39 for you. Maybe you'll realize you didn't want to die by 40 after all. Maybe. Then I'll just laugh at this podcast. Yeah, <laughs> I, I, which is fun. I'm allowed to change my exactly. mind. Exactly. And I think it's something that is worth emphasizing. You're allowed to change your mind, especially when it comes to mm-hmm. things like career. I remember you said this earlier in the podcast, compared to a lot of things like the Pandora. Our career and what we want to do with our lives is actually something we can control. I can't, I can't say that we can control every single aspect of it, but Mm-mm. in terms of comparing it to you driving a car, you are on the driver's seat. We can't c- control if there are humps on the road or not. And sometimes there will be detours, but it's your car. You decide how fast you're going to go, how slow, if you're going to stop, if you're going to get out. Is it coming from our little drive the other day? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that, was an, that was an interesting talk about our careers. Right now, Lily, tell me, what are you thinking about? What is on your mind at this moment in your life, regardless if it's related to your career or not? Very apt question because I just spoke about it with my mom. I was literally drawing a blank Mm. as to what's on my mind in terms of life, lifing. And then she said, Mm -mm. maybe it's a sign to just roll with it. 
because I haven't actually rolled with anything for a very long time. Like I said, I'm a project manager. I like controlling everything. Andy also likes controlling things. I don't know. And maybe this time I'm going to roll with it. So that's what's on my mind. Let's see where it gets me. How about you? With regards to the control comment, I think you are more in need of control than I am. Like, it's more of, like, if your need for control, your need for control and everything is a consistent list level. And then my need for control is, like, lower. But if it's something that I'm really particular about, it's going to be higher than your need for control on a regular mm-hmm. basis. Which I guess evens it out, objectively. Yeah. But what is on my mind right now, Um, why is my internet so bad? Why is my popcorn not crunchy anymore? And I guess in general, like, it makes me think of... I know I said, like, it doesn't have to be related to this talk as well, but then... What is there to be done to change the mindset that just because you suffered, that means other people should suffer too? Like, that really doesn't make sense. Huh?